0: Hi everyone, welcome to this special edition of the Contact Centre podcast. In this episode, we'll be exploring the topic of Contact Centre transformation ideas. But today's episode will be slightly different from our usual conversational style. We have a specially edited presentation given by Morris Pentel, the chairman of the Customer Experience Foundation, to perfectly fit the podcast format. Morris gave this presentation during a Call Center Helper webinar and in his talk, he takes us through how we can learn from the COVID-19 crisis to spark positive change and transform our contact center. If you wish to find out more about our webinars, there's a link in the description box below. But for now, let's get on and listen to Morris' great presentation.
1: I'm going to talk today about some of my observations based on a large number of conversations with agents, with team leaders and managers since the beginning of all of this. And I I hope to pick out some strategy pieces, but also some practical tactics. So the first thing I, I do want to make a point of is Were you ready on January the 25th? And I talk about January the 25th because that was the day that China shut down 60 million people. And in terms of talking about strategy, which is where I'm going to end up on, on January the 28th, I wrote a note to Some of my biggest clients saying, are you aware that this has happened? And I think you ought to be looking at this. I hope to make the case at the end that we're not doing very well at strategy and perhaps give a couple of ideas. But in the first eight weeks after that, what we wanted to know as consumers is, are you still there? Are you still open? Can I make contact with you? How well are you operating? And in that case, I have heard horror stories from clients and from customers who waited eight hours to try and get through to organizations that were vital to them. And that led to the question, am I vital to you? Because when you're sitting in a very long queue for a long period of time, that question is, Michael, really important to you. And will you be able to help me? were hugely important. During the second eight weeks, and this is really when we started to close down the contact centers, the contact center industry did a remarkable job, ladies and gentlemen. We moved the majority of agents out of our contact centers into home working, and no, it wasn't pretty. And yes, it did result in uh, some real challenges, but it was something that the contact center industry should be rightfully proud of. And now the obvious next question that people started to think about is, OK, we've moved all our staff. Well, how do we make things more effective? How do we make people operate uh, in an optimal way? And I think that's something that we're going to be struggling with for some time. Uh, The third thing that I want to say at this stage is we do not see an end in sight of the current situation. We don't know about vaccines. We don't know how things are going to uh, uh, work out. And people's emotional states are dramatically changing as the weeks go by. For those of you in the UK, you might have seen some of the beaches completely overwhelmed yesterday as people behaved as though it was a bank holiday. And, of course, there are examples all over the world of people behaving in different ways now that we're facing this crisis. I've spoken to an awful lot of agents and an awful lot of managers over the last eight weeks or so. It's part of my job. And when people clap on Thursday evenings, I don't think our contact center colleagues realize it's them that are being clapped as well. Now, I have said that to a few agents and they welled up emotionally, but if I can give you one really useful tip to make your colleagues feel better right now, it is to remind them that this evening all over the world people will be clapping them as essential workers. I'm just going to talk about four things. So the first thing is taking the technology off the table in terms of our agents. I'm going to talk about emotional support for agents and for customers. And I'm going to talk about setting new tactical goals and managing strategy. So when I talk about taking technology off the table, your agents should not be worrying whether their systems are working properly. And there are things like polling software, and I'm not going to get into the weeds of this stuff, but there are things that can tell you everything from how things are performing on the customer's end through to how things are working on the agent's side, and really getting that as a thing that you're not worried about as an agent would be a wonderful thing. The second thing is that in terms of the way in which you communicate internally, remember, your agents are highly concerned. They're dealing with a highly concerned public, and it's worth reviewing all internal communications and all internal communication channels. And I will talk a bit more about that in a minute. Finally, uh, sorry, the next thing is to review other channels and update them. So lots of people in smiley faces on your website may not necessarily be the best approach. And people in large groups of crowds indicates to me as a consumer that you really haven't updated your, your website to reflect the current situation. The next thing is look at your outbound communications, and if they're creating more inbound volume because you're sending out too many text messages, you're sending out too many automated emails, or you're doing a lot of outbound dialing that you can't manage, then switch that stuff off until you've got a chance to regain control and try and uh, manage things i've already spoken a little bit about spending a little more it support time thinking about our colleagues as vip customers and then obviously there are questions about security
0: hi everyone it's me again we'll get back to morris's presentation in just a moment But first, this is a quick note to say thanks to NICE for sponsoring this episode of the Contact Center podcast. NICE is a worldwide leading provider of software solutions, enabling organizations to improve customer experience and business results. NICE solutions are used by over 25,000 organizations in more than 150 countries, including over 80 of the Fortune 100 companies. If you wish to find out more about NICE, check out the link in the description box below. Thanks. And let's now get back to Morris's great presentation.
1: So let me talk about colleagues. Number one, yeah, life has changed and it will continue to do so. And therefore, what we're doing towards stress release, what we're doing towards emotional support time is a key area. So, there are things that perhaps people haven't considered about mindfulness, just taking a couple of moments to do deep breathing exercises, reminding staff that when they help someone, it will make them feel better. Uh, bringing back the fun is something that I would strongly recommend people to be thinking about as the weeks unfold. And I know that we can't have done all of this all in day one. I accept that this is all a work in process. But in terms of changing the way that we talk to our agents, which I think um, is an important thing, I think that that's an area where we need to perhaps be a bit more mindful. We need to perhaps be thinking a, a, a little more about the emotional level of support that we've got to give people. And uh, and that's something I think that we can continue to improve because circumstances are still very much in a state of change. So I mentioned fun. I want to be clear. Spirit and banter. I know a number of organizations that I've spoken to have already set up little team Zoom rooms or Google Hangouts where team members can almost behave as they did when they were sitting around each other. And ideas like that that come from within your organization are going to make a big difference, I think, to agent burnout and to how they're doing. The next thing I just want to talk about briefly, and I know this may seem counterintuitive, is add a little bit of learning everyone's daily habits. We thrive best when we feel like we are mastering our destiny, when we are learning, when we are on a journey. And one of the habits that I, I, I believe that we need to start doing is adding a little bit of, if you like, uh, self-improvement, for want of a better term, to make people feel that they are growing as individuals. And then the last thing is our working days are built on habits. Let's review those habits and let's build smarter ones in order to make our agents feel stronger and more connected to our organization. As as a front line, they're by no means having an easy time. So for customers, emotional support, what does that look like? Well, yes, we all had a huge spike at the beginning. There was general information that people wanted. People wanted access to their own information for financial services, for a whole series of organizations, utilities, local authorities, uh, government services and taxes. Uh, People needed to negotiate uh, out of uh, their new normal. Uh, Bear in mind, in the States, I think it's something like 35 million people are now registered as unemployed. I'm not sure of the number here in the UK. Our need to be satisfied, and I've called that FCR, call resolution, does not necessarily mean that we get the answer we're looking for, but we need to be satisfied that you're gonna do your best. And that's a more important thing at the moment if we want to unclog our cues. So again, there's lots of ways to give people emotional support. I've written a number of articles recently on simple things like, if you help someone for five minutes, you'll feel better for 15. Try and phone someone and be kind. There are lots of things that we can do to make our customers feel emotionally better, and that will make our agents feel better. And then finally, there's, a, there's a, a, not just a practical, but a strategic thing. Uh, A lot of agents are saying people are talking to them like people. They no longer see them as just the organization. And I think that that relationship between human workers and human customers is something that has dramatically changed and that we really need to be thinking about in terms of the way in which we position our organizations. I can see some disadvantages, but in the majority of places, I can see some real advantages as well. So I'm coming towards the end. Here are the things that I think are important. And this goes to what Jonti was talking about, or rather what people aren't talking about enough, which is our metrics. So I think wrap-up time probably should change. We need to make sure that our customers feel comfortable that we're ending the conversation and that they're not about to phone us back because we may have given them the answer, but not necessarily the the feeling that things are under control. I think agent and customer support, uh, uh, emotional support I've talked about. I can't stress enough about redesigning surveys and not reusing old surveys. Old survey data is not relevant to the current situation. How people felt about an agent a year ago is fundamentally different to how they feel about agents today. And the other thing is concentrate on the conversations. If you start listening to what's being said between the agents and and the customers, then that's an area where you can probably more clearly understand what's going on. So I think call handling time, I think AHT, FCR, these are all important. I also just briefly want to talk about emotion. And there's a lot of talk about empathy. There's a lot of talk about emotional intelligence. These are all tremendously valid approaches. But we want to be understanding our customers' emotions at a simple level. Emotional intelligence assumes emotional stupidity. Empathy assumes active or passive empathy. This is no time for this. If you can't explain something to a young person in a simple way, then you're talking about emotion in too complicated a way. Conversation was designed by human beings for us to understand each other. But what we say is not what we feel. And when we say it is not the end of the story. So please do focus more on voice of the customer, though I do think it should be called words of the customer. Perhaps today is not the time for that debate. So finally, I'm just going to talk very briefly about strategy. Things haven't changed at all because change is constant. And I want to make this point. When the Internet arrived, people didn't pay enough attention to it. When the financial crisis arose, people didn't pay enough attention to it. We have a bad track record in terms of understanding strategy. I said at the beginning... On, on the 25th of January, China shut down 60 million people. I guarantee that didn't hit the boardrooms of most organizations for two months. And that is thousands upon thousands of lives. The numbers of organizations that failed to predict what was going on with the Internet. And I could go on and on about a huge number of examples. We need to get better at looking at strategy. We need to see that some conditions have dramatically changed and we need to understand what lessons we've learnt. But the most important thing of all is we don't know. So we are in a continuous state of large-scale change and how do we adapt our strategy? I've got an analogy for you that I think kind of covers this. Large ships in the fog will typically send out small boats on lines to tell them what is ahead. And this has been the tradition since we've had sailing ships. If you can't see beyond the horizon, then what you try and do is you focus on the horizon, but you use a variety of tactics. So imagine that your organization right now is a ship in the fog, And send out some small boats because you do not want to crash into an iceberg. We now have a shared common experience with our customers and staff. How do you build on that is a strategic question. And then finally, I don't understand the long term impacts of three trillion dollars being spent. I don't understand that half a trillion that's been spent in the UK economy. I know that in previous eras when we've had such stresses to our economy that it's broken the economy, then people have done things like bury that amount of, of debt for a hundred years. And, and that was done uh, in, after the Napoleonic Wars. It's been done several times. We actually did it in 2008 in the financial crisis. So don't expect things to become clearer. Expect that your key strategy is to be as adaptable and as ready as possible.
0: That's all for this episode. Thank you to Morris for putting together such a great presentation for us and to our sponsors NICE for their support. You can watch the rest of the webinar, which this presentation was a part of, by clicking on the link in the description box below. We hope that you like this new experimental format of our podcast and if you wish to hear more from Morris, make sure you check out our previous episode on Contact Centre Metrics. But That's all for today's podcast. We hope to be back soon with even more insightful episodes, so stay tuned. The Contact Centre podcast is produced by Call Centre Helper, the leading contact centre magazine. You can subscribe to our podcasts or give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify. You can also access our entire range of podcasts through the Call Centre Helper website by visiting callcenterhelper.com forward slash podcasts.